0: you are listening to the awaken natchitoches podcast awakened church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow jesus when you're traveling you probably use a, a gps device like most of us do these days you probably have on your phone an an app right like google maps or maybe use Waze or or some other uh, app that helps you navigate as you go. Now, back in the day, I used a thing called the Road Atlas, and uh, if you don't know what that is, it's a big like a book that's uh, full of maps, and it would come out every year. Had a friend who and I, he and I, got excited every year that we got the new Road Atlas, and it was just a thing. But what I like to do is, anywhere I traveled, was to highlight the the route, like the highways and the interstates, and then I would transfer that over from a year to year, and so I would actually have this collection of Road Atlas. Analysis, kind of mapping out where i had been and so it was kind of cool but today we use the gps right on our phone and recently my wife shelly and i were on this trip and we were uh in a place we didn't know and you know the gps like it has the voice thing on it too right that tells you when to turn and it said you know turn left in 300 feet only thing is there was no left it was just the, the like the woods there so it was telling us to turn on a place that wasn't there and so as we kind of traveled on a little bit trying to figure out where we were it actually lost connection because you're using your phone and, and 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 as you probably have experienced i have certainly experienced that the phone connection isn't always working and when that connection drops your connection to the map drops where are some places in life where a clear connection is important you might say marriage you might say well any relationship you might say between parents and children or between children and parents you need a clear communication between a teacher and student it needs to go both ways and ultimately you know this is you know awaken church (laughs) we we know that but we think of church we need to have a clear connection with god and so welcome to week three of Identity. This is a, our series where we're kind of looking at who am I? Who am I when I look in the mirror? What is my identity? And, and here's what we want to do. We've got to connect with God. And so in order to really discover your identity as a human being created in the image of God, you have to spend time with God. And so that's what we want to do. And we're going to do that going through Romans 8. And we're at Romans 8, verses 18 through 30 today. So, Romans 8, verses 18 to 30. But let me kind of just give us a little, a couple of highlights from the last couple of weeks, the, the first part of Romans, to kind of just lead us into how we will begin today. So, now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Jesus frees us to live life as God designed, and His Spirit awakens us to live in this reality, the kingdom of God, as dearly Love, children of God. Verse 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from decay and death We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son, so that His Son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, and having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Here's our big idea. and We're going to build on this for our next few minutes that we're together. Your identity is formed by who or what you're connected to your identity is formed by who or what you're connected to and often your identity then will determine who or what you connect to which then will continue to form your identity so it's an ongoing process it's a relationship this because it's a connection so the first thing I want to kind of spend a few minutes in is looking at how you're connected to what has been you're connected to what has been for an example I'm connected to my parents and my grandparents and probably even further back. Let me just go back a little bit to my grandparents. Years ago, back in the day, which is usually when I say back in the day, I'm referring to the 1980s. You, <laughs> you guys know this, but I'm going even further back that there was a couple of folks named August and Helen Nelson who met uh, and they got married. And August, August Nelson and Helen Utterback got married, August and Helen Nelson then, um, and they lived in Lawrence, Indiana. And Lawrence which is a suburb of Indianapolis, Indiana. And they began to raise their family. And they had um, three daughters and one son. And they, you know, they, 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 over time they uh, met someone who led them to a church and in church they they found Jesus actually I think Jesus is like Jesus found them Jesus isn't lost but they found faith in God through Jesus and they began to make Jesus the subject of their home now their son Steve grew up in that home grew up with Jesus being the subject of that home and he felt a call on his life and maybe you understand what it's like to have a call like a calling in life and you just You can't get a rave from it. You know what it is. And he knew what it was. It was to become a a preacher, a pastor. And so he moved when he graduated high school to Houston, Texas, to Gulf Coast Bible College, which is interesting because just 40 miles from their home in Lawrence, Indiana, a suburb of Indianapolis, was Anderson, Indiana. And in Anderson, Indiana is Anderson University, which was you know probably would have been the go-to for somebody who was from that area but no steve felt a need or a call uh, a move in his you know because of his connection with god that he was supposed to go to gulf coast bible college very far away from home meanwhile in balcomville louisiana and if you don't know where that is it's because it's not even really like it's, it's a well, I would say it's a suburb suburb of West Monroe, Louisiana, but calling it a suburb suburb <laughs> just is, isn't right. But it's an area; it's a it's a it's a part of town um, community, I guess. We'll put it that way: the community of Balcomville. and it's it's West Monroe, Louisiana. And there was another couple there, um, uh, uh, Lucille and Jack. Joiner had had got together, and they they got married. Lucille Albritton and Jack Joiner they got together. Now they're married. They start raising their family. They have five daughters, and they are kind of like the same. They start they walk to this little church right down the the road from their house, and they they engage in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And but Jesus becomes a subject of their home, of their jobs, of their family. Jesus becomes a subject of of who they are, and they raise their daughters this way, and they're middle child, a daughter named Glenda, Glenda Joyner felt a call on her life. And it's a call like, you don't hear very many people say they have this calling in life. She felt a call to be a pastor's wife. Now usually, you know i know a lot of pastors and their and, and their spouse is usually has a, a, a calling or a career or something and they that's that's who they are they're you know they're a teacher they're a doctor lawyer they they work in in retail you know and they might just they, they might they might stay home and be you know a, a homemaker um but that's not it's it's not like their calling in life is to be the spouse of a pastor, but this was Glenda's story. And I've heard this story my whole life. Trust me. Um, Glenda moves to Gulf Coast, uh, Houston, Texas, to go to Gulf Coast Bible College. And they meet Steve Nelson from Indianapolis, Indiana, Indiana, and Glenda Joyner from West Monroe, Louisiana. And they meet and they fall in love. It actually is a longer story than that, obviously, but she didn't like him at first at all. But she couldn't stand him is the story. And again, I've heard this story my whole life. But eventually, he won her over. They got married. They began to start a family. And just a couple of months before they, before he finished his studies and left, uh, graduated and went into the ministry full time, pastoring. Um, in 1969, they had a baby. Just before graduation, that baby's name is Stephen and he is the one speaking to you today. And so you see how this works. I'm connected to what has been. I'm connected to my parents and I'm connected to both of my parent my parents' story and I'm connected to both of my parents' stories and then I'm also connected to both all four of my grandparents' stories. I'm connected to history. I'm connected to this through my family. So you can think about how this has shaped my life and it's true. I'm preaching and pastoring today and making jesus a subject of 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 my life and my home my heart and my home that 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 it's it's because of the connection that i've had with my family how has your family history shaped your identity and this is where we are in church because we refer to ourselves as church as a church family and so how has this family shaped your identity Well, verse 18, back to Romans 8, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory we will see in the future. For all creation is anticipation of that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Now, Romans was written in 56 to 57 AD. This is what scholars tell us, which is less than 30 years after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, by the way. So a lot of times I'll hear people say, how can can you really trust a book that's written you know, a couple hundred years after it supposedly happened. Here we have Romans, written less than 30 years, the original letter of Romans, not the well it's broken down into chapters and verses and all that. It was written as a letter to a group of Christians in, in Rome, and it's written less than 30 years after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Written by a man named, named Paul, who how we've got to know him as, as a guy who wrote a lot of stuff we find now in the New Testament. And so when Paul speaks of our current suffering and future glory, he's speaking about the context of which they're in, right? And what is that? Well, it's written during the Roman Empire. And the church, the followers of Jesus, they're facing persecution, which is only going to get worse in the decade to follow this writing of this letter. The religious leaders of the day, the, of the Jewish faith, of, of, because there was no Christian faith, there were followers of Jesus, the followers of the way. It wasn't actually considered its own thing yet. But the religious leaders of that day, they wanted to end this movement whose message was, Jesus is the Messiah you're looking for. And the Roman Empire kind of started to back that. And in 64 AD, which is within seven years of this letter, Romans, being written, Caesar Nero would declare war on all who followed Jesus. Actually, the war was between uh, the empire and and the Jewish, Jewish religion, and the Jews, but included in that were the followers of Jesus. Christians, the war would come to a head in 70 AD, When the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed by Roman soldiers, and this ended the daily sacrifices that had been established since the Old Testament days. This was symbolic of what God was doing. He brought an end to daily sacrifices. He brought an end to the temple and the end of the first covenant with one nation, Israel, and the establishing of a new covenant with the people of all nations who come to God through Jesus. This is the context of where he writes the future day when God reveals who his children are. He's writing in 56 to 57 AD about what is coming to happen in 64 to 70 a.d and for us this is linked to this event which happened in the past the falling of the temple the bringing of this new covenant through jesus christ this is what has been that we're connected to and we're connected to what has been by jesus see the first covenant with abraham was that his children would be his chosen people through which all people of the world would be blessed through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, Jesus, the Messiah, would be Jewish. Now, Jewish is, is this term we're all familiar with. It means it refers to the, the folks who came from Judah or Judea. See, there was a nation called Israel, Israel a kingdom called Israel. And Israel was divided into two kingdoms Israel, Northern Kingdom, Judah, Southern Kingdom. And by the time of Jesus, Judah was, was referred to as Judea, and people from there were called Jews and these were descendants of abraham and through jesus people of all nations would be chosen by god to be his children the connection between then and now between abraham and us is jesus here's it's uh, affirmed here in hebrews 10 verses 9 and 10 Check this out. God cancels the first covenant in order to establish the second. The and, and what God wants is for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all time. You can look up Hebrews 10 verses 9 and 10. And probably if you have a different translation than what I'm using, I'll use the word obsolete. Like He renders the the first covenant obsolete by the establishment of the second covenant. And this is what God wants us to be made holy, but not through not through. Our lineage, our bloodline of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are to keep the sacrifices, are to, are, to, are to go to the temple, but by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So here's this second covenant, and Jesus is our connection to what has been. Now, some may say, well, if, if this is true, and you know, why do we need the Old Testament then? Because we are connected to what has been. It's good, and it's important, and it's wise for us to learn and connect with what has been. But understanding where we come from helps us understand who we are as we wrestle with identity. This is true in regards to family. Understanding my parents, my grandparents, where I came from, where they came from. It's, 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 it's helpful in understanding my own identity, but it's also true in regards to being a child of God. I am connected to the family of God, which means these things that happened, these historical things, these biblical things, they're important for me to understand and grow and see the connection there. And Jesus is the connection between us and what has been. So now we can also see that Jesus begins the connection process of God within us. He's connecting us with God, and he he continues to reveal who his children really are. This is your identity. You are a child of God. So you're connected to what has been, but you're also connected to what is. You're connected to what is, and I think this is something in our culture we see um, very vividly that we are connected to what is today. Some of these stats are are a little bit older um, that I'm going to share, but they're they're still you know pretty they're, they're in this era, the the social media era. One out of eight couples married met through social media. That blows my mind. One out of eight couples married met through social media. There are over 500 million active Facebook users. And again, this particular stat is a little bit old, so there may be more than that now. Average Facebook user is connected to 80 groups or events. The average Facebook user uses 55 minutes a day. That's almost a full hour every day on just Facebook now. 6.5 hours a week. That's 1.3 full days a month. Just on Facebook not not the others there's some people in the world who don't have toilets who don't have houses who have cell phones who have a smartphone i've seen that i was on a mission trip and i won't say what country but i was on a mission trip and i was amazed that these children who didn't have toilets had a cell phone had a s- cell phone that was better and smarter than mine Now, 50 million tweets go out a day. That's on Twitter. It would take you 27 years without sleeping to watch all the videos on YouTube released just this week. 27 years without sleeping. Instagram has over a billion monthly users and in the USA so can, can, you know is 130 million of those just in the USA. Snapchat has 238 million daily users, daily 238 people to, uh, users on Snapchat and TikTok has 800 million active users. Isn't it obvious that we desire to be connected? And depending on your identity during the pandemic during COVID-19, you've you felt either less or more connected. At first I felt less connected. I felt like I was going to lose my mind cuz I'm very very extroverted and that you you know we had a shutdown order you stay at home order and, and and everything went came to a halt almost everything came to a halt and it was it was hard it was painful but then again to realize that using social media that we could connect even deeper and more real using social media if we had the right mindset if i had the right mindset i would say how about you does social media make you feel more or less connected now, Romans 8 continues, All creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in freedom from decay and death. For for all creation has been groaning as in pain of childbirth right up to this present time. So what is this mean, all creation? What is it, all creation? Um, and and again, it, maybe it's just me, but when I read the scriptures, sometimes a phrase or a word jumps out and I just want to know more. And so I look these words up in original language. Now, Romans in the New Testament, it was originally written in Greek. And when I looked up, like, what does "all creation" mean in the original language of Greek? The word "all" is the word "pos," and "pos" means any or every, like any and every. It means all is what it means. <laughs> I know it was deep, right? Uh, I heard a, a friend once say, "You know, all means all, and that's all. All means." And I get, I get it. That's what this means. Now, the word that that translates as creation here is A "egateesis." Uh, Is it means that which is created and ordered. That which is created and ordered. So you could look at this and say, all, any, everything which God created and put in order is in such deep anticipation of the fulfillment of God's plan that it hurts. You ever wonder why this world hurts sometimes? And verse 23 says, We believers groan. We also groan. Even though we have new life in the Holy Spirit, we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We wait for eager hope, with eager hope. So the world is running outside of God's plan. I don't think we can question. I mean, we can look around and go, okay, the world is definitely running, running outside of God's plan. It is. You know, in Christ, here's the thing, in Christ Jesus, we are put back in the plan. You are put back in the plan. So you're still in this world, which is running outside of God's plan, but you're put back into the plan, which is the kingdom of God. This explains why sometimes life hurts so much. We're connected to what is. We're connected to the holy God of love and life and light. And we're connected to the rest of creation which often feels separated from the God that we're connected to. And it's no wonder we feel pulled in different directions sometimes. We're, we're fully connected to what is. And if this is a part of your identity you struggle with, Romans 8 reminds us, hey, in the midst of this, we have hope, still <laughs> so we have hope. This word hope" means pleasurable anticipation, confident expectation it's not It's not like, "Oh, I hope I get that bicycle for christmas it's it's oh, I have i have confident expectation, I'm gonna have that bicycle that's that's what this means here so here's the good news verse twenty seven the Holy Spirit speaks to us in groanings of his own so that god understands us even when we don't know how to pray you ever been there don't know how to pray i've certainly been there the holy spirit helps us in our weakness this is good news because when it says the holy spirit helps us in our weakness it means you're not alone you are not alone the holy spirit pleads for us in harmony with god's will to be in harmony means you're connected. This is good stuff. this is good news. This is like this is our identity, living connected to God through jesus verse twenty eight here we go now. If there was ever a verse, if there was ever a passage that I would say, "Man, do this, write it on your on your wrist. put it on your forehead, write it on your door frames like it says to do in the torah it, it's for me is this one romans eight twenty eight And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, it does not say God causes all things. It does not say that that everything that happens is good. What it says here is that that God takes everything that happens, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and, 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 and he's here with us in that moment, in the now, and God takes all of your experiences and uses them as an opportunity for personal growth. God uses all of your experiences for an opportunity for personal growth. And that is for your good. This is called restoration. And the God who created all things is restoring all things. And as he is restoring all things, he's inviting us into the process. Jesus connects us to what is to bring love and light and life to the all creation that we come in contact with. All the ways people person, situation, circumstances that seem so disconnected from the love and life and light of God, we are to bring the love and life and light to God to that person, place, situation, circumstance. And you're connected to what will be so you're connected to what has been you're connected to what is and you are connected to what will be now I don't have a better illustration of this and to bring out bring out this reality that we're in an election year in 2020 when 2020 we got all kinds of things happening including an election year so here's the thing you're connected to what will be a great illustration of that is voting now I will never. I will never tell you how to vote. Um, I would hopefully never insinuate how you should vote or who you should vote for. But I will never tell you how to vote, who to vote for or how to vote. Um, I will tell you this. It is important that you vote. And you know we look forward to tomorrow and we have no idea what will be but voting is one connection that we have to the future voting today or on election day has a connection to the future do we realize that every decision we make now affects what will be every decision we make today affects what will be so Romans eight verse twenty nine goes like this: For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son. So that God knew His people in advance doesn't mean that He that God picked out His favorites like a box of chocolates with a little map. You ever you ever seen those like like at Valentine's Day and there's a box and it has a box of chocolates and there's a map on the top of the on the underneath part of the box where you can actually see where the different flavors are like oh here's caramel or caramel here's a here's the here's the chocolate covered truffle here's the cherry here's the maple cream and i don't know why anybody would even make the maple cream ones but they're all there right and so what i used to do as a kid is we'd get this box like family size box at valentine's day and i would um, and my brother liked the same good ones that i liked and what i would do would be follow that map, and I would move the ones that that I didn't like to the places where the ones were that I knew that we both liked. (laughs) I know it's not very Christ-like, is it? But again, I was like, what, 10, 11 years old? So, I mean, uh, I I, I ask for forgiveness for that as well. But God doesn't pick us out like that. Like, oh, I'm going to pick out my favorites and put them to the side. What it means that God knew his people in advance and he chose them to be like his son is that God's purpose for you is not an afterthought. He knew in advance, he knew you in advance, he knew the purpose for you in advance. It's not that he picks out his his favorites, his people. It's like he knew in advance what he what he wanted for you, his purpose for you. It's not an afterthought, so God knew his purpose for humanity from the creation of the world. God's plan is for all to turn to him. Second peter three nine says this, and now this is the message paraphrase says, God isn't late with his promise as some measure of lateness. He is restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. And then, get back to Romans 8 and verse 30 says, We're chosen and called to come to him. All people are called to come to God through, through the gospel of Christ, but not everyone is listening, okay? There's this, <coughs> there's this calling there's this calling and everyone he we are chosen and called to come to him all people are called to come to god through jesus christ but not everyone is listening it's like right now god is calling how is your connection like god is saying can you hear me now you remember that remember that one can you hear me now god is saying that to you right now how's your connection can you hear me now and having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. This phrase, right standing, is probably one of the most important ones in all of scripture. And there's, it's a word, dikiao. And dikiao, it translates literally as to regard as innocent or righteous. Get this, this, he gave them right standing, he gave you right standing, he regards you as innocent or righteous. This is what Jesus did that impacts who we are, which changes what we'll be to be declared innocent or righteous. I cannot look in the mirror and honestly tell you that I can declare myself innocent or righteous at all. But praise God that through Jesus Christ, he looks at me and he declares me innocent and righteous. So now I can look into the mirror and go, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he has declared me innocent and righteous. So I am innocent and righteous in Jesus' name. Romans 8 shows us this. This is the purpose and it's that we all come through Jesus and will receive salvation and be transformed to be like Jesus. Our purpose is to become like Jesus and bring others with us. To love God and to love my neighbor, this is the purpose. In Jesus, we have a real connection to the creator God of the universe. And because of the spirit of God is within us, we live connected to all creation. And God's ultimate plan is the restoration of all, any, and every thing. Is it now complete? Of course not. Which is why we must live on mission. This is our mission. To to live connected is to live on mission for Jesus. On the mission of Jesus. This means the love of God flows through me and connects me with my neighbor. No exceptions. Whoever my neighbor is. I'm connected to them through the love of God. Your identity is formed by who, what you're connected to. I pray that you would connect to God. So that your identity could be shaped and formed by the Creator God, the Father God, who loves you as his dearly loved child. So what's your next step? I'll give you a suggestion before we go. Set aside 30 minutes each day this week. I know you're like 30 minutes. I don't have you know, I'm talking about outside of class, outside of work, outside of whatever uh that you have going on. Thirty minutes where you can just get by yourself and you may be like well, I don't have 30 minutes. Well, you can make I I'm like you too. I don't just have 30 minutes. I've got to make time for what's important. And I'm telling you your connection to God is the most important connection that you have. And so set aside, maybe you got to get up early, maybe you need to stay up late. It's up to, it that's maybe you're like me. You you do pretty well at night, at, later at night. But take that time and disconnect from every screen you have your phone screen, your your tablet screen, your, your laptop or your computer screen, your TV screen. Disconnect for 30 minutes on purpose to spend time with God. You can use that time to read scripture i would say you know you could read romans 8 for 30 minutes and just let it sink in read it slowly and just pray god show something else to me god show something else to me <laughs> you can read scripture you can pray you can just sit in silence you can take a walk outside that's a, that's what i love to be outside and take that time just to reconnect myself with god the problem is i've, I've become so conditioned that I want to stop and go, oh, that butterfly. Let me see if I can get a picture for Instagram. And I want to stop that. I want to, I want to set that aside for 30 minutes and just let just be with God and connect with God. Lord, we love you. And I just want to thank you, God, for the connection we have with you through through Jesus Christ. And what I pray that we would connect with you today, this week, on a deeper level. So that Lord, we can live connected. That our identity would be found in you and be, would be wrapped up in who you are. And um, Lord, even, as, even at that so, we're going to find days and, 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 and times and even seasons in life where we'll look in that mirror and we'll go, who am I? And may in that moment we be reminded that we are a dearly loved child of God and live in that hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at AwakenLA.Church or find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.